everyone, and welcome back to Marvelous, where we are going to be now spending the season, series, episodes, asking the important question, what if, as we discuss Marvel's What If. I'm joined, as ever, by Abby and Laura. Hello! Hi. So, we need some uh, initial reactions, I think. We've had one episode now. Uh, what if Captain America was Captain Carter? Uh, Abby, what did you think? Yes. I thought yes. <laughs> Okay. I thought, this is great, more please. Specifically, more what if. We'll get to that. Okay. Laura, what did you think? They're still not listening to us about this Marvel Ident thing, are they? <laughs> right. <laughs> Kevin, <laughs> love, just, no. <laughs> we need a shorter version. Ident and then titles as what well top. Exactly, that's the thing that baffled me. Like, this should have had credits over the top of it. <laughs> Straight away. And I don't mind it being in front of the first episode. That would be fine. Mm-hmm. It's the, the fact one. we're going to get this... What, what are we going to get? Nine episodes? We're going to get it's five minutes, more, effectively. Yeah. Something like that. Mm. Of watching that ident. Yeah. Anyway. It's, it's really putting me off it. Other than anyway. that, the, the rest of it... Fun. I thought mm-hmm. it was um, a bit too much of the replication of the Captain America First Avenger film. Um, it's fun seeing that to start with, but I kind of wanted them to veer off a bit quicker and a bit more dramatically. Mm-hmm. But overall, fun Marvel outing. Um, I'm not gagging for episode two, but I still expect I'm going to enjoy episode two. And it's got okay. me re-watching Agent Carter, so I am a happy bunny. Okay, very nice, very nice. How about you, Matthew? I'm really quite disappointed. Ah. Hmm. If, if I can ask another question of the two of you. It's a big question. And a question we might come back to again and again. What if? What if anything? What if you could dream up? You have this one change and you're saying this is the, the catalyst for other changes in the world. What if Sharon Carter... Is it Sharon? Peggy Carter. Peggy Carter. Becomes that would be good. a different that's a, one. <laughs> that's a really good start. What if Peggy Carter... Take, is in the pod, has the serum, becomes Captain Carter, and then isn't sent off on the USO stuff, and then, oh, that means they maybe they get the Tesseract sooner, so they now have the Tesseract to do other stuff with. It turns out it doesn't really make a difference. You still have the dance stuff, you still have the train stuff, you still have her disappearing off, or you know the person in that role disappearing off for things, and exactly like you said, you have basically the same film and same stories, this could have gone anywhere. This could have gone to so many places. They had carte blanche, effectively. Although I'm pretty sure you don't have carte blanche when you're writing a Marvel story. <laughs> uh, and I feel like I just watched the film with the roles reversed. I wonder if this is because it's the first one. I've deliberately not watched the trailers, but I have managed to see okay. some bits of things which look like they are probably considerably weirder than this. Okay. So, I, uh, yeah, this one, I thought it was fun seeing what we saw. If the rest of them are all three-quarters replication of what the universe we're used to, and then mm-hmm. a bit different, then yes, that will be disappointing. Mm. Like I, said, I, had really, I had low-ish expectations, okay. and I think, I think that okay. worked in my favour. Mm. I, I found it a bit distracting that the animation style looks so much like the Iron Giant. And, and I'm baffled that there is not a connection, given how much it looks like that. And especially when you then introduce the Hydra Stomper, which looks like a small version of the yeah. Iron Giant in the film, the Iron Giant, um, which was renamed the Iron Giant 
because there's a, it's based on a book called The Iron Man and they didn't want it to be crossed over with Iron Man. And now there's a series that looks like Iron Giant based on Iron Man with an Iron Man in it. And it's so strange. It's it's so it's almost distracting how much it looked like it. Um, yeah, I don't think I've seen that film. Okay. I think it's That's on good. my PCD list. Hmm. And I don't think I got much from the voice acting. I know there's this whole thing of everyone's returning. So, you know, only a few people aren't returning, and it's really exciting to have them all doing this again. But I, I don't think I got anything from having any of them back. Bradley Whitford was good, but yeah. he's always good. Um, I couldn't tell it was Hayley Atwell. Oh, couldn't you? Oh, I, I could. could. No. Oh, very I, I, much. I, and maybe it's because I'm not. I, you know, I've not watched all of the series. I've only watched the first series of yeah. Agent Carter. I'm not so familiar, but yeah. Tell you who I couldn't tell was themselves was Sebastian Stan. Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> was... to be honest, I didn't necessarily think it was until I looked looked up who actually was doing the voices. I did think that um, Josh Keaton did a very good Chris Evans. <laughs> I... <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing because earlier I forgot Chris Evans' um, his name, and I was trying to discuss this with my wife, and I was just like, you know, jumper. <laughs> and she was like, "Oh yeah, Chris Evans." I was like, "Yeah, you know." <laughs> so yeah, I'm just going to call him Jumper from now on. Okay, Jumper. Sorry. Well, I thought he did okay. a good Jumper voice. Mm. It was nice to have Josh from the West Wing. I mean, even if he's mm-hmm. playing an ass, and I think that he does that better than than many people with with the benefit of you know not actively being one, as far as I'm generally aware, which yeah. d- does make it easier when you encounter those characters. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. and. Um, just such a striking voice. I was I was surprised mm-hmm. by the rapidity with which I recognised this voice. Mm-hmm. Um, Stanley Tucci is he in Marvel? Otherwise, yeah, he's he's is he, is is he? So what I was going to say, Matthew, when you were talking about this, is I have the enormous benefit of not being able to keep a single moment of any Captain America film in my head. So this was all brand new. And at some point, at some point, my wife said that's from the film and I was like oh is it yeah it's basically the same and I was like oh cool and she was like you don't remember I was like no (laughs) so that might help it totally helps I had a great time it was all new some of it was a little familiar but I thought oh that's clever well done (laughs) on on the flip side one of the things that I've sort of felt about this is this is a little bit kind of fan service central doing very much shots and moments from the first film having a line about Bucky's alarm almost being ripped off um, things like that that I was just you could have done anything and you're doing little uh, hey wouldn't it be cool if it was just this one character swapped over well I feel like that about sequels often you know like um, mm. something. I mean the one that springs to mind is Pirates of the Caribbean where the second one is basically just the first one with a knowing wink and you just kind of go that's <laughs> why, why did you And um, a question you can ask of so much of Pirates of the Caribbean um, but <laughs> But yeah, I, I can imagine if you are extremely familiar, um, then this didn't offer much. Um, if you're not, it's half an hour with characters that are familiar and interesting. Um, done off, move along. Like That's yeah. the nice thing, I think, about it, is it's just extraordinarily rapid. Mm-hmm. I absolutely loved the animation style, and that struck me from the trailer, which was weird, because... I haven't enjoyed an animation style specifically, like particularly, um, mm. in a while. I mean, I like the Shira animation. I like the He-Man one, but that's basically just He-Man again. Um, I haven't 
really been able to watch any of the kind of sort of Star Wars things or the CGI things like the Clone Wars and stuff. Like I just, I just, my brain won't concentrate on it. But I really enjoyed this. And when I looked up um, one of the studios uh, that worked on it, Blue Spirit, I mean, I got so sidetracked by the fact that they are currently making Mysterious Cities of Gold 4. And I haven't even watched 3 yet. And I just, I'm so excited. And I think this is probably why, like, I feel very drawn to the style. It's just kind of, I have a huge emotional attachment to their previous work on Mysterious Cities of Gold Series 2. Mm. 2012, if you're looking. Um, yeah, I, I think I've always very enjoyed, very much enjoyed that kind of style. And it was very kind of gamey, particularly all the kind yeah. of the quick cuts and the, mm-hmm. the references and everything. And I just, I was really, really here for the way it looked. I thought it was really interesting kind of which characters they had really kind of worked the likeness of and which ones they just hadn't. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I, I was... I'm really excited to see more of that and I think the animation I am specifically going to enjoy, which is really nice for me because it's mm. been a while. Yeah, I'm... Well, you know me, I don't normally really notice those kind of things. I just want the story and, and the characters. But I did like it. It felt like it had a lot of... Um, uh, I can't think of the right word, but the like the action scenes felt like action scenes. Mm-hmm. I, I, this sounds ridiculous, but I didn't feel like someone was drawing something. No, that makes sense. It, it had weight and heft in the characters. And yes, pace. weight and heft. Thank you. It thank also you. That's what I meant. it felt a lot like um, like storyboards, and you know we've all seen the Marvel storyboards and the kind of behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And I think there's something really nice about the idea that you can almost just. So I think one of the things I did want to talk about is seeing how many people were like, oh, I could I could really do a full series of this. Oh, I'd love more of this. And actually, I don't think I would. I'm I'm fine with half an hour what if. Just kind of paint the picture, mm-hmm. give me Captain Carter. And I think that when when you say what if and it could be anything, actually the fact that she is Captain Carter for that character has a consequence that does play out within the film and within her character in a way that that character doesn't necessarily get, um, you know, it it elevates her and her confidence and her approach and her sort of cracking on with stuff. Um, so I, I kind of found that enough. And I think, yes, obviously in a sense, a series is a great thing, but I can imagine that. And maybe that's okay. <laughs> yeah, I saw various calls for... Um... A live action series now or uh, or an animation one i'd watch both i'd be happy but i would prefer a season three of agent carter to be honest <laughs> because that that something specific about her character is that she's in the 40s and that she's dealing with being in the 40s because a lot of the things that her character deals with just if she's been brought to the present time it's just not really going to mm. be an issue in the same way mm. and i always think we've got plenty of buff uh, superheroes or over-enhanced superheroes there's something about you know her her um, abilities as a spy that I'm quite happy to just watch that yeah I, I mean I I know I watched all of Agent Carter and I actually remember a lot of the first series which I think says something for it versus Captain America <laughs> um, <laughs> and, I, and I really really liked it and I had already got cancelled by the time I got round to thinking that I was going to watch the second series so I'm quite on board with that actually I think that if there's renewed interest in the character of Hayley Atwell wants to do it I really think that Netflix or you know even Disney could just could just get on with that um 
I think. Yeah. Because yeah. it's on it's on Disney Plus at the moment. The first two. Is it? Yeah. First, okay. well, the two. I think it was interesting the choice of it being Agent Carter because she is not popular with some of the audience, mm. um, particularly okay. you know, the the Stucky side of things, who feel that she got in the way with the um, the End Game ending. Mm. Uh, and so I was expecting there to be quite a bit of backlash about that. But actually, when I was looking at it on um, on Twitter, it's gone the other way. People seem to really like it, including the Stucky stands, who um, are really pleased now that they get that uh, Steve and Bucky get to grow old together and therefore right. might actually get what they wanted because <laughs> Peggy's out of the way. But, <laughs> but yeah, I, I was pleased with the, the reaction it got because I thought it was going to get um, a bit of a trouncing because of that. I, I thought it was interesting that, that people were um, so frustrated that it didn't pass the Bechdel test um, as, you know. There is not another female character, is there? No, and the only one I can think of from the Captain America film is Natalie Dormer. And I don't think the film necessarily passes the Bechdel yeah. test. But isn't that part of the point, that she is the lone woman standing amidst mm. this? Yeah. It's... In, in a world without other women around. Mm. And I think, you know... What if? Yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> that that's a that's a thing. Um, yeah, and again, I think it's one of those things where it's you know what people would want from a series is something that answers to a lot of these things. What people would want would be an explanation for people being surprised at Nazis in Norway in nineteen forty three. What people want is a lot of kind of um, detail and leaning on things and I think if you're just doing a half hour bolt through an idea you, you don't really have to provide any of that because it doesn't specifically matter to the thing that you're talking about it is almost a sketch like a character sketch it is fan fiction yeah it is a single track thing and I think that that is something that at this point Marvel are really entitled to do and I think just as just as in the comics they're super entitled to do that once you've churned out a few thousand issues or something you can play in your playground you built it, you play, mm. have fun. And that's kind of what this is for, for me, I think. Um, but Matthew, did you feel there was something you were you were hoping for but didn't get? Like, were you hoping what if, oh my goodness, multiverse or now snakes or something? <laughs> <laughs> There's a Marvel universe full of prawns. And it's quite was boring. Octopus. It was so much tentacle. Um, it's a lot of tentacles. I'm going to try to elaborate more, mm -hmm. and I might not do a good job, but let's see. I, I think it's the thing that you could do anything. So take it in interesting directions. They get the Tesseract early, and that means Thanos rocks up and starts doing something. Or it means they have power to create something more than just an Iron Man suit. Um, and it, it fundamentally changes the world more. There is, I don't feel, I don't feel like I want to return to this what if of the multiverse and see what happens then. Because as much as it's cool seeing Captain Carter and, and seeing Peggy be Captain America effectively, I don't feel like there's any, they, they haven't differentiated the character particularly and, and the events of what happened. So I feel like it is now just kind of kind of go as we saw it with, What's his name? Steve coming out of the ice. Whereas if she'd remained, if she had solved it and come out and it would have then been, oh, and there's still a Captain America, Captain Carter in that time, that can make things very different. Mm. But they're sort of saying, 
that one change changed things for a little bit for this group of people and for stuff that happened. And then it seems to be that because we've still got S.H.I.E.L.D. and Hawkeye and Nick Fury, pretty much everything has remained the same. Do all the What If episodes take place in the same timeline like are the consequences of this the next episode no, no i'm i'm yeah, yeah i'm expecting each one is here is the change that the, the change to the nexus event or the thing that happened that that made the difference so i'm trying not to say anything from what i've seen in trailers and comments mm. for for laura but like the same thing what if this character was this character what if this character wasn't born or <laughs> you know stuff like that I'm just wondering if there's any kind of accumulation or if it really is just completely standalone. It'll be interesting to see whether there is sort of some thread or something that goes through them, but the way it's been sold, again, from what I've allowed myself to see, it does seem it's an anthology, so it's, you know, in this verse, I really don't know what we're calling these things, these are timelines or verses or what have you, but in this one, this one little change, this is then what happened. I did really like the the lead up and, and the point out that this is the, the change that then made the difference, her staying in the room. Hmm. But yeah, I, as I said, I agree. I think it would have been, it would have been nice to have the kind of setup that was mirroring the film and then for it to go off much more dramatically hmm. that, you know, she's not just doing the same things as Steve did, really. Hmm. Yeah, well, one of the things I particularly liked the thing that I think is good is that Steve starts really small. He's a very, very small person mm. and very skinny and and I'm going to say weak. Weak is not quite the right word, but you know, by, by comparison. And that's part of the point. He then comes out and he's all broad-shouldered and buff and has like 12 abs and stuff. Yeah. Fine. Because she starts off and she is quite strong and and fit and capable, she comes out the same sort of growth size difference, but the way she then fights and the stuff we see in action sequences is Captain America from like the Winter Soldier and onwards. Mm. She's throwing cars around and stuff, which we didn't really see Steve do for a good few films mm. before they started going, oh, yeah, let's basically make him kind of the Hulk, um, but with a head on his shoulders. And I like that she was already at that point because she started off from a place of strength. Mm. That was quite an interesting comparison, and again, yeah. could have you know taken it to interesting places. I like that, and and have that training already, mm. the combat yeah. skills and that. One of the other things which I was like is that there were only, there was only positive reactions to her physique. There was no ooh, you know, she's not feminine now. Which mm. I didn't spot any, which I'm surprised you know, we didn't get from Flynn or somebody. I was I was quite surprised and pleased by the shape that they picked for mm. her. Mm. Um, and the kind of scale that they chose, and I think you know, as as with any animated anything, if you watch her size throughout the episode mm-hmm. and the kind of variety of it, that is fascinating. And I think depending on which artist you get and what they think they're drawing, mm-hmm. she really does vary mm. significantly yeah. in, in scale and size. But but that is a joy of animation rather than anything else. I just think it's particularly notable because she is so unusual here, but. You know, again, I spend a lot of time in the arena of people with, uh, particularly women with significantly developed physiques, mm. and that is what it looks like. Actually, that's Good. I mean, it's a specific look, but it was on point, and I was mm. pleased from your Marvel bodybuilding correspondent. <laughs> that's, that's good because I was hoping you would weigh in on 
I, I was you definitely. Know. She had a lovely V taper. Okay. Good. <laughs> Cooler camera because she starts wide and ends up quite slim. <laughs> yeah, no, it's very good. Excellent rear delts as well. You know, you don't you don't often see delts on a on a woman at all in in popular media. So um, long may that continue. And also, I suppose it's it's just a nice achievable concept, isn't it? You mm. know, here's here's another option. I mean, obviously, it's not achievable in a kind of needling sort of way. It is a shame that that that's <laughs> that's how the only way that she could possibly achieve that. But she still looks like Hayley Outwell. Yeah. It it, it introduces a nice uh, con- uh, cosplay option. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I I absolutely know people who are going to be doing <laughs> that at the next opportunity yeah. at the very next available opportunity they're like finally my shape is canon yeah <laughs> it, it's not just she hook you know can i ask a technical question hmm. yes. what is a delt it's deltoid it's the back here sort of back shoulder bit God, next to a bicep things. it's like the the rear part of the so that's your rear delt there. Yeah. That's the, there's three of them. They go okay, across. they're kind of a... And then that's dear listener, they're across the bit, top. That bit is your front delt. <laughs> and that bit's in front of the other bit. Thank yeah, you. You've got three that go across. <laughs> I've forgotten all of their names, but they are there. <laughs> that's right, okay. Top bit of arm. Okay, cool. Yeah, basically. It's a cap on cap the arm. Of, oh, how, how fitting. Mm, I know. <laughs> um... One one other thing um, that occurs to me whilst we're talking about that, well, not that bit, the bit before, is um, that it's interesting, what if Captain Carter actually results in quite a lot? Well, actually, Steve. Yes. Like, Steve has a completely separate arc and development and life, and, and that's mm-hmm. I think that's going to be an interesting aspect of, of these episodes as well. And not just what they choose to happen to this particular what-if character, mm. but everyone else. And yeah. Yeah, I guess everyone else in this is pretty much, you know, Stephen Bucky. But as you say, that for some people is a lot. That is your jumping off point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, things did change for Bucky as well, didn't they? We we don't have a Winter Soldier in this, if if this timeline were to mm. continue on. Does that mean we don't have a Civil War? Yes. <sighs> See, I mean, maybe just what if actually better. <laughs> <laughs> I did wonder when um, Steve in his Hydra Stomper suit goes over the uh, over the cliff with the train. I did mm-hmm. wonder are we going to get Steve Winter Soldier because that's what happened with Bucky as he disappeared off a train and then. Thank you. It's okay, Abby. <laughs> <laughs> Always elaborate. <laughs> I've seen that film about five times. I remember Hugo weaving and some bad CGI. Yeah. Because it that wasn't a Hugo Weaving lookalike, was it in the in the animation? I assume they don't have agreement to use his likeness. I mean, it certainly sounded like him. Well, it, it, it actually well, it sounded was, like Elrond. It's <laughs> the a guy, particular. Elrond. It's the guy who did Red Skull in Infinity War and Endgame. Mm. Voiced it. What's Mark Wind? But the um, the face I didn't think looked particularly Weaveringish. The Red Skull did, but not the um, the human face. Interesting. Mm. But some of the others I thought were very good as far as... Was Toby Jones in it before? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's, been, he's been in a few of the films. I don't know. So, so the famous thing with that character is that he ends up in a computer. Yes. That's his thing, particularly in the second one. His introduction 
uh, and we're now getting into talking about Captain America. His introduction in Captain America is him looking through like a big magnifying glass, so it looks like he's on a screen in the thing. Oh. It's quite a nice little winky nod thing. Again, yeah. it's fan servicey, but that's in quite mm. a nice little way. Yeah, so in Captain America Winter Soldier, he's then on the computer where he he's saved himself. Being run by tape. Yes. It's kind of a remix, isn't it, really? Hmm. Yeah, yeah. transform to work. And, um, and and kind of the other side of the annoyance is the whole tentacles coming out of the portal and trying to fight them off. That's the end of Hellboy. Not to spoil Hellboy. Mm. But again, I feel like I've seen this exact plot. It, it, uh... yeah, but I, I mean, isn't there we've a... all seen shoving tentacles before. But isn't there also <laughs> a thing now that how much can be new? Okay, you could be doing the same thing as other things without doing exactly the same thing as other things. Like that scene and having a sword and chopping bits off and getting grabbed and crushed and so on. That's the end of Hellboy. What would you it, do without... What else would you do with tentacles on getting grabbed and crushed? Don't do tentacles. Don't... Or, or, or find a more interesting way of doing it. Find something. I'm obviously not a screenwriter, so I'm not going to come up with the thing immediately because that's what they came up with. With all the I time and discussion funny. they had. When she was shoving the octopus, I thought that was very funny. I mean, I don't know if Hellboy shoved an octopus, but I thought Peggy did a great job. I did enjoy the the Peggy with the sword. I thought that was a good look with the uh, with the shield. Yeah, they didn't go for a Britannia thing, did they? That would have been oh, good. I'm so glad you said that, because that is in my notes. Yeah. Right. What, also, the, the tri- Are You the Queen is a joke for now, not for 1943. <laughs> That's fair. That's a very good point. Um, but it's the same line that was in one of the films, wasn't it? Yeah, but I think that it's it's a reasonable example of how things don't just transfer because they were in, like if they were in the same universe, they don't automatically transfer to this other universe. No, the, it was um, it was in the Captain America First Avenger film, and it was in the forties. I was really well. She was. She calls her, Sorry, he calls her Queen Victoria. Well, so, that's different. Yeah, I was going to say because they have, you know, they had, had a queen in living yeah, memory. They, yeah, that could have been well, that queen mm, of England, not living of mm. that character in 1943. I wouldn't imagine, not really. Well, in memory, anyway. Yeah, it's it's still a bit random. So one of the things that I want to ask you guys about is we talked a lot on our Falcon and the Winter Soldier um, episodes about this idea of the Stars and Stripes being used for a superhero and particularly being on the shield and, and all this mm. then all of the things that came out of that conversation about what the shield represents and particularly because it's got the Stars and Stripes on it. I had a quite strong reaction to seeing the Union Jack on it mm. and it was quite a mixed strong reaction. Okay. And I was a bit taken aback, actually, because I, I knew it was going to be coming. <laughs> but I did have a bit of a, oh, wait a second. And it was it was quite depressing, to be honest, because it, it did make me think, oh, is this a bit of a taste of what some of our American friends maybe feel with the whole thing, with the original S.H.I.E.L.D.? Mm-hmm. So if this had been like 10 years ago, I think I would have loved it. You know, right. basically Jerry Halliwell's dress, you know, mm-hmm. cool Britannia, et cetera, et cetera. But what with Brexit, the Conservative government's far too keen on getting the flag out at any opportunity. You know, it's How many less... millions on flags? Like, know, that's the thing. If I your know. government's just spent like a quarter of a billion quid on flags, I, I found that there was a what if inherent 
that is probably running quite differently for British people. What if mm. flag all right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What if flag positive? Imagine. And, and I did feel pretty positive about it in the past. Because um, it was always more that the St George's flag was linked to nationalism. Yeah. That's interesting, because that is not my experience. My, I mean, I definitely remember a lot of... Um, anxiety around Jerry Halliwell's dress and a lot of kind of backlash and Cool Britannia being capitalised. But like, I, I remember a lot of discourse from then around it. So I think I've always been very cautious around just kind of flags, except the Welsh one. I mean, that's got a dragon. That's a very different scenario. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I think, I think the, the St George flag, yeah, I think I'd agree with you, Laura, because it's got that association of people driving fiestas with the flags flying and the flag draped around their shoulders as they go to football matches and so on. And yeah. what just, those people know. are like. Um, let's not let's mm. not denigrate all uh, fiesta drivers. No. But but, but yeah, well, I mean... It's yeah, sort the, of the has, stereotype of... There is a stereotype yeah. that went along with that. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a bit like almost the, what if conservative Captain Carter. <laughs> and <laughs> that was a bit like, oh, But I got over it quickly. I mean, I think I, I had, again, quite an interesting conversation trying to remember kind of the volume of Union Jacks in World War Two stuff. Mm. And I think it, it's that thing that I think we did talk about a bit before is that flags are for flag, not for clothing or shield. Mm. And mm. I think that it's that kind of transformative use of flag as well that is particularly jarring because, again, our, our number one point of reference is Jerry. Um, <laughs> and... <laughs> And that is also, you know, I mean, Captain Carter is a redhead as well. And I think that there is almost a slightly unfortunate press. Is she not a redhead? Uh, well, I mean, in live, in live action, she's brunette. Is she not got reddish hair? Okay, I mean, I, I am not an authority on these things. I just assumed that she had kind of auburn hair. No, definitely not in live okay. action. And I, I hadn't, probably a bit more in the animation. Perhaps I've made that up. Anyway, it is not dissimilar. Mm. Um, I thought it was interesting that she didn't have the full Britannia shield, though, mm. given that that is, if you're going to see a Union Jack shield, we have that. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't have a huge reaction to it, but I think because it's a slightly puzzling thing. Like, the point is not to make Captain America, to be fair. The point was um, seeing can we make super soldiers. And then branding him Captain America to try to sell mm. Bonds. Because we've only got one, so actually this is the better use for his efforts as, as a marketing thing. So, awesome, let's do that thing. Um, it's it it's slightly strange that they have a Brit doing it and then they use Brit branding on it. Rather than it being, I, I don't know if this is a time-relevant thing, but a Rosie the Riveter type look or mm. something else that might stand out just that they have a thing of right we've got someone from britain doing it so we're going to put the british flag on things yeah i don't know i, th I think that's where my mind went rather than thinking about uh the nationalistic side of it because yes also not always easy to be proud of that flag at times mm. i think also it, it is a bit weird because i mean peg said why isn't it captain britain i said well it's american drugs they you know they've just 
felt her full of all the Americans. She's an American weapon. Mm. So we can't kind of appropriate. The British government can't kind of claim her now. Can they sell her to the British government as some kind of marketing tool? And and then she said, well, yeah, and she doesn't go on the marketing tour, I guess. So she doesn't need the mm. name. Mm-hmm. Um, but can, uh, can we talk about um, Howard Stark? for a moment as well because does he do the outfit was that him that did the outfit or just the what um, did he give her he, uh, what in this or in the film both in this yes he gives her the outfit but he says it was meant to be her USO outfit so that it seems that there were plans to send her off but he'd made some modifications basically to make it battle wear and in the film no the the tights outfit is provided by the marketing people but then um, Howard does make his battle suit which um steve then has some input into to say he actually would quite like it to be similar to his uh dancing outfit i really enjoyed howard stark in this episode i I did oh good good (laughs) because that means it probably ties in right Uh (laughs) i just felt nice to see him he's so amusing i thought that he um did a great job of the delivery and everything Mm -hmm. um it did feel like he was always at like 1.25 you know Super quick. And had a lot of words. I feel like it suited it. Yeah. It, it yeah. worked well. I think I think the voice performance was very good. Um, and I enjoyed him as a character in it, where from my memory of Agent Carter, he was not in it that much. And when he was, it was almost like we're, we're basically writing quasi-Tony uh, mm. and not differentiating enough. Here, I felt there was a bit more differentiation in, in the character. And I like their relationship. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it felt very significant and marked and yeah, he felt very much his own character. Yes. And it was I, I laughed quite a bit through it. Not like a huge guffaw, but like a chuckle, a steady yeah. chuckle. Was it also the whiskey was really large? <laughs> it was a large whiskey. <laughs> Massive watching this at breakfast thinking mm. <laughs> That's a lot of whiskey. <laughs> they do a nice transition though from I, I think it's from the Tesseract to the whiskey, or the other way back, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. with a, and the, the tesseract the and the tesseract. cube, yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, the ice cube. I thought, oh, that, that's a nice, neat little transition. Mm. Um, I did like with Howard uh, when they're talking about the outfit, and she says that your covert. She looks at says your covert skills need some work, and he says this is going to be awkward, and slams the shield on it on the on the top. <laughs> and I yeah, like exactly. that made me giggle. <laughs> yeah. And just the sound of the shield generally. You know, I have mm-hmm. an issue about the shield. I think of you every time now. Every time <laughs> any shield and anything makes a sound, I'm like, I wonder what Laura rates that shield does. <laughs> the only thing I would say with it is. When Cap was using it, there were much longer throws, so it was very um, acrobatic and bouncing off things. Mm -hmm. This didn't, given what they can do with animation, that they can, and probably easier than the CGI, you know, what they could do with it, she did quite short throws, so we didn't see anything. Didn't we see, though, in Falcon of the Winter Soldier, that you have to practice with a lot of trees? This is true. (laughs) This is true. She didn't have time for the the tree work. No. Okay. I've, in our discussion, found a couple of bits that I particularly liked from it. Do you have anything else you want to call out that you particularly enjoyed, that you wanted to comment upon? I really liked the montage with the music in the middle, particularly when she's like jumping from plane to plane and then riding on mm. um, Hydra Stomper. Um, okay. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I just thought it all looked very sort of believable as to how they would do that together and... Uh, and they quite often hit the beats of the music to when she was 
banging someone with a shield. And I just, just that all worked really well. A... Yeah, I did enjoy the symbols and the jazz beat. Yeah. Going with the shield going, that was very nice. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I like the music as well. I mean, you know, it's not Loki, but it was <laughs> it was a good, appropriate soundtrack. It was enjoyable. And I thought, I thought the whole thing with um with Steve and Peggy was very sweet. I like that they maintained elements of it. You know, the idea that hmm. they would still have this um relationship even if things had changed. Uh particularly when he arrives as the Hydra Stomper and says, uh, Stark made me some new dancing shoes and well, we better start dancing. I just thought all of that. I thought some of the script was fun, considering it's hmm. an animation and quite often that doesn't necessarily have the same level of or at least in what I've seen, doesn't necessarily have the same level of uh script sometimes. Um, and I know you said that about the you must rip my arm off. That made me chuckle. Really? Yes. I thought, you know, if you're going to do this, then absolutely stick some nods in there. Okay. Maybe I just wasn't in the mood for fan service. I think, you, I think you're going to see a lot of it in this series. Well, that's that's the, yeah, maybe possibly so. And Jeffrey Wright has a gorgeous voice. Yeah, it, I really did like that. I think it's they basically took that for his uh, for the trailer. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if that intro and outro might be the same each week. Yeah, it would be interesting to see. Hmm. So we'll find out what if on the next episode um, and see what is coming. It will be interesting to see if they do start pushing it further. I actually I would appreciate it more if it was we start with small changes. Mm. and we snowball into bigger changes as we go let's let's find out so uh we always like to hear what everyone else thinks so if you want to come and have a chat with us come and tell us what you think you can find us on social media uh, instagram facebook twitter look us up at eloquent gushing abby where can people find you at this ae shop and laura where can people find you i'm at laura geeks out on twitter do come and give us messages. It is always interesting to hear. I think there might be a range of opinions on this series, so I'm, I'm hoping we can pick up on them as we go. 